Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Today, we are talking about labels. Labels, and not like the clothes labels. Yeah, or food labels. No labels like that. No, we're talking about labels we attached to people, and in this case, particularly women. Why are we quick to label women? And we're not really going to be talking about the rise of no-label dating. But yes, that is a thing. That is on the rise. Well, you know, I also learned the uh, term situationships. What? Yeah, so that's a new term in which it's not necessarily a hookup and not quite a relationship, but you're in between. So it's before the DTR or defining the relationship. (laughs) You guys are obviously committed to each other. Right. And so because I was randomly looking at BuzzFeed and it was a quiz. It was like, are you in a situationship? And I was like, what is that? (laughs) I've never heard of that. That is the brand new term. I definitely have been in a no label relationship, but it wasn't anyone else would have said your boyfriend, girlfriend, you're dating. Um, We just, because I was so, I'm not really sure what I want. Um, And I'm still not sure what I want. We never officially labeled anything, but it wasn't, I read all these articles about and tips about how to, how to be in a no label relationship. And it sounds very, like, you've got to have a lot of self-confidence and not be friends on social media, Oh, really? Yes. That's interesting. Yes. Well, go look up situationships, because that's a majority of people, I think, that's... that kind of unsure okay. you're in a situation, quote-unquote. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> New one. I, I like this. For, we'll tell the listeners, you go <laughs> research this thing. <laughs> tell us if you're in one. Yes, exactly. Is it working? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Um, so... I did find a lot of recent surveys that said millennials in general really resist labels. Um, And thinking about this, I feel like in the U.S., we're pretty binary on a lot of things. You're man or woman, gay or straight, Republican or Democrat, uh, and that erases so much stuff. And this is starting to change as people outside these binaries make themselves heard. We still have a long way to go. But I was also thinking in our political system that it seems to me that we're more... Or at least younger people are more like this thing that is not necessarily Democrat, Republican. Right. It's like this way or this way or this way. Yeah. So things are a changing. Slowly. Slowly. <laughs> but we wanted to talk about um, labeling of people. And we, we like to start with definitions. Merriam-Webster defines labels as, quote, a descriptive or identifying word or phrase. And it is something that people love to do. We love to label people. And anyone listening to this can probably think of a couple of labels that are attached to themselves, some that they might proudly own and others that are imposed on you. Um, Nerd, Christian, Democrat, slut, prude, emo, all kinds of things. And then uh, we have, you know, if you perhaps choose not to have children, you might be labeled selfish. Um, Choose to live alone, weird, not super ambitious, lazy, don't like dogs untrustworthy. <laughs> I do question you a little bit. That's fair. But that's okay, because you've gotten really good with Peaches. I You did a I, lot of fun activities with her. I did do a lot of fun activities. I was very happy watching Into the Spider-Verse. And so the entire time, she played with Peaches. She has, Peaches has a special duck called Mr. Quackers. Uh-huh. 
And yes, you you two bonded. We did. I feel like you two bonded. We did. And you know, she's important to you, so she's important to me. <laughs> so why do we label people? Basically, it's to make sense of things, to organize things in our brains. It's easier than being specific. Yes. It makes us feel safer because we can classify things. We feel that we know how to handle those things, and then we can rate the level of danger involved with that particular label. It's a way to combat the uncertainty of something new. So scary. Yeah. And to not label might threaten our belief systems, which we see, I think, in politics. We see in an older generation. It's a big pushback on, this is how I knew you. Why are we changing to this thing? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and going off of that, perhaps obviously labels can divide us. We see it all the time in high school movies about cliques when you're in the lunchroom and right. you're looking around at the different lunch tables. It's still a big trope that they like to play on in movies. It is. I was um, in my high school, I was in the clique that was like acceptably weird and everyone liked us, right. but we weren't popular. We were just well-liked, but kind of weird. Right. And smart. Um, depending on your values, some labels are, quote, better than others. And this can make us discriminate. It makes it easier to discriminate, insult, or even enact violence on others. And this doesn't mean we aren't different, obviously, but we can be different and unified by the fact that we are all people deserving of equality and our differences do not make us less than anyone else. Um, and labels can be really limiting and restricting. Most people don't fit neatly into labels. Being labeled as something hurtful can hold people back by impacting their self-esteem, confidence, things like that. Right, and with that, labeling can be dangerous. While the DSM can be, and is super helpful, there's the dark side of labeling things maybe not yet totally understood as abnormal. Mm -hmm. and, and we can see that with the overchanging ideas of what crazy is versus normal. Yeah. Um, and if we look at homosexuality, the DSM, or the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, labeled it as a disease until 1987. And at the same time, finally having a diagnosis of things like bipolar might make people feel less alone. However, misdiagnosis or a diagnosis that is close but doesn't entirely fit can be damaging, which is also one of the reasons we talk about autism and, and what the spectrum is and why it's important to talk about that versus what the old titles were. Yeah, and um, I was reading an article um, written by a psychologist about the DSM in particular and how they have like a meeting every year to discuss what new things should we add or update or should something be changed. And she was saying um, one of her colleagues had jokingly suggested overly active labeling disorder or something. <laughs> because, because I guess the, just I have no idea what goes on in these meetings, but it sounds like a lot Yes. Of, of things get suggested. Yes. Many listeners have insight on that. Being a part of that. I would love to hear that too. I would too. Yeah, and then something else, um, when it comes to labels, we can talk about the labels people were forced to wear during Nazi Germany, like on their clothes. Right. Um, labels like that not only impact self-worth, but are literally dangerous. Um, and if we step back even further, I was thinking about this, the power of the witch label. Right during the Salem witch trials, which I didn't really fully appreciate because you read it and it sounds so like, almost like a fairy tale or something. Like, how could this possibly happen? But when I saw The Witch and that movie was so good at it putting me in that time and thinking, what could I say that could combat someone who thought I was a yeah, witch? Yeah, just a, an accusation. Exactly. Very, very scary. Um, 
And I was and further thinking about this, I remembered in my hometown paper a couple years ago, a man accused a woman of being a witch for uh, making bad things happen to him. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's really funny in, in some sense because I remember one was like, my Dr. Pepper on top of my car exploded or something. It was like a really, dude, you just forgot your Dr. Pepper up there. <laughs> but the fact that this is still a thing, like, she's a witch. Like, right. Mm. She's been a curse on me. Right. Um, studies into labeling and the impact that they have go back to at least the 1930s when a linguist by the name of Benjamin Worf theorized that labels are not just descriptive, but they actually determine what we see. And he called this the linguistic relativity hypothesis. And in this way, labels alter how we perceive the world around us. Studies have shown that the labels of poor and middle class affect how participants in those studies viewed academic ability, even when shown the same video. So if they saw a video of someone, it was suggested that they came from a poor background. Uh, it was assumed by the participants in the study that they wouldn't do as well academically. Right. Um, even though it's the same, other than like the little hints in the background, the academic portion was completely the same. Um, another study found that simply calling a randomized group of kids bloomers, implying that they were going to bloom academically soon, uh, had a significant positive impact on the test scores of those kids a year later, even though they were not academically different from anyone else in that study. Mm. But the ones they told, you're a bloomer, in a year you're going to be... So smart. You're going to do such a good job on tests. They did. Um, so labels are powerful. It is. And we have a lot of labels when it comes to women. Uh, and we'll get into that. But first, we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So when it comes to women, we are very quick to label, especially women who don't fit into traditional gender norms or how we think women should behave. Right. So there are things like boss, bitch, slut, easy, loose, tease, withholding, needy, nag, drama queen, ice queen, basic, high maintenance, old maid, spinster, emotional, hysterical, hormonal. I went on a little deep dive about the... I forgot about the card game, Old Maid. Yeah. Because um, I was like, wait, it's, so there's a whole game based on I don't want right. to end up being, being the, the Old, old maid. maid. Right. It turns out it's the history is not as... Um, not perhaps a whole episode, maybe. It's pretty much... <laughs> there's actually a, a game called Old Bachelor as well, but for some reason, that one didn't take off. I wonder what it is. Hmm. Also, Bachelor comes from bay laurel leaves and it was assumed you got those when you um studied right and it was assumed because men were the only people who would do that study academics and they wouldn't have time to date anyone because oh, they're studying too much mm -hmm. <laughs> and also old bachelor doesn't roll off the tongue like old maid that's <laughs> true you and I should play a game of old maid let's do this uh, let's please. are we gonna get the updated version because in the updated version the old maid is really hot what? Yes, yes. Well, maybe there is enough to talk yes, about. Yes, actually, episode. they updated it where she didn't look like a frumpy old woman okay. to being like a, a skinnier, whatever kind okay. of connotation of it. We should come back to this then. Well, don't you have to have three people to play Old Maid? Otherwise, Do we you? would know. 
I would know. <laughs> I don't know. I will, we'll re- we'll like refresh have, the like, rules. <laughs> like, if I have the card, I would want you to have it. So, right. I mean, I could win by tricking you to taking mine, right? Yeah. Isn't I guess that how that goes? Yes. Oh, my God. It's been a long time. It has. We're, we're going to make this happen. Wow. Um, and I, when I was thinking about this, I think one of the, not old maid, but the labels, <laughs> um, I think that one of the reasons I like traveling solo is that you can sort of start with a clean slate, no labels attached. No one has any expectations. Except you're the new girl. It's true. But there's some power in being the new girl. Right. Because then, no matter what, I feel like if I'm introduced to a new person and I'm with someone who knows me, I feel like I have to act a certain way. Right. And that way is generally who I am. But there, there's something about traveling where you can sort of shake all of that off and just see, well, maybe I don't, maybe I'm not really that way or, yeah. you know, try something new. Um, yeah, and I feel those those labels that you have really impact or influence how you, it's almost like a performance. Right. It does. And if you actually think about it, there's also a label for those who are in the gender norms. If you think about women who are stay-at-home moms, they're like housewives. Yeah. Or they are um, Susie homemakers. And that's soccer not necessarily, yeah, yeah, in soccer moms, that's not necessarily a good label either. Yeah. But it's kind of a, because you want to hear house dads. Yeah. House husbands. Yeah, I was trying to think about, you know, labels for dudes. And they, they certainly exist. Right. But, but they are not necessarily as negative. Yeah. As the ones that we hear for um, females or those who identify as female, for sure. So we have a lot of behaviors we label as for single women only. Partying on the dance floor, wearing a sexy dress, eating ice cream while binging Netflix at 3 a.m. But married women can totally do all those things. Yeah. And they should. If they want to. (laughs) They should. Just do it. It's amazing. Um, And there's the flip side, too, that single women have something wrong with them. that They're damaged, incomplete, sad. And, of course, none of these things are necessarily true. Mm -mm. We also put a lot of labels, like we were just saying, on moms, bad moms, helicopter moms, soccer moms, wine moms, tiger moms. moms. I was trying to think of the specific term. There's a term. I know it's... it's Wine moms uh, encompasses what it is, but there is a term for women who drink a lot of wine for moms who drink wine. Oh, just again, winos. Maybe. I know that's a term that's often used. That's not necessarily gender-specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have race-specific labels. Angry black women, spicy Latinas, Asian dolls, and and way worse ones that we won't repeat but classify as hate speech, which we've been seeing more and more videos of. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Um, labels around feminist, for sure, hinders feminism as a whole. Um, I know we've talked about these on the show before, but you know, ugly feminist, angry feminist, those kind of things. Man, bra hating, burning, bra burning feminist. Which, to be fair, man, I would burn all my bras if I could. We should. Well, I do need something, so I don't well, we bounce could just about. Just find like one that you're ready to get rid of yeah. and we'll burn it and it will smell terrible but we'll feel good. I broke mine last night. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> On the dance floor? Yeah. We were actually were dancing <laughs> We were dancing. <laughs> we were doing all those single at lady little, things. At our little like party, our little holiday party. Our little holiday party. I did party. break my bra somehow. You know? That's yeah. amazing, Samantha. Yes. That means Is you it? had a damn good time Is and it you amazing? were dancing. <laughs> yes. I don't think it's necessarily amazing. <laughs> I, I disagree strongly. <laughs> um, but yes, back to the labels around feminism. A lot of them have kept women away. I have a lot of friends, actually, that I've had this conversation with. Repeatedly. Yeah, where they're like, I'm, I'm a... 
I believe in equality. I'm not a feminist because of I think it means right. this. And I'm like, well, it doesn't really mean that. Um, and this is, yeah, led to the misconception that feminism is a monolith, which, mm-hmm. as we've said before, it is not. And I, I was also thinking about um, some of the so-called nice labels that we have for women are kind of backhanded compliments. A lot of them are perhaps outright objectification, especially if it has to do with your looks. Right. Um, so, like, sexy, just the way people say it. Like, you can hear it in their inflection. Um, and these labels absolutely can hold women back. A woman might not speak up for the fear of being labeled bossy, bitchy, or <gasps> feminist. I know. Oh. Uh, girls observe these labeling practices and internalize them, and they internalize that it's normal for boys to be bossy, but not for girls. And that influences their worldview on what is acceptable behavior and what doors are open for them. So for boys, being bossy is just assumed, so they're never going to be called bossy. But girls are, and so it must be abnormal. Mm -hmm. Or that's what we're teaching when we do things like this. From psychologist, professor, and author Dr. Art Markman, the term bossy is almost exclusively used with girls and almost exclusively used to tell them they shouldn't be taking on certain leadership behaviors. It's almost never used with boys, and that's a problem. And then there are things like adding female or woman before a job title that that's not great either. It suggests that the expectations and qualifications are different. Saying female entrepreneur implies entrepreneurs are masculine, and right. a female entrepreneur, that's not normal. Plus, it draws attention to their gender before anything else, which minimizes traits like competence. While visibility is definitely needed, there are better ways to do it. A study from 1984 called Girl, Woman, Guy, Man, The Effects of Sexist Labeling found that after showing participants pieces of art with these labels around the artist, for the female artist, the low and high status labels had an equally negative effect on subjects' judgments. For the male artists, the low and high status labels had an equally positive effect on subjects' judgments. Many psychologists have suggested that instead of bossy to describe girls, we use more positive words like strong, persevering, and persistent. Yes. Um, And in general, people uh, perceive labels as permanent. So children might feel boxed into whatever labels attached to them from a young age. Who among us hasn't changed since we were four years old? Uh, Even positive labels like pretty can be harmful if overemployed. It can emphasize to a young girl that her looks are more valuable than any other trait. And I have two brothers, and I I really specifically remember... When a relative hasn't seen you in forever, tell my brothers, like, wow, you're really good at this thing. You're good at soccer. You're smart. Mm-hmm. And then me, beautiful. Yeah. I got, you're exotic. Oh, that's a, mm-mm. yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it also, we can talk about the fact we we have um, different, I guess, cultures that box children in by saying this is your specialty and then yeah. teach them that one specialty, how damaging that could be as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some questions about whether that makes them, you know, better. Yeah. at that and more qualified at things, but do we already box them in um, socially as well as, what is it, professionally? Mm-hmm. So that's a big question about that. So wanting to avoid certain labels play a role too. A girl not wanting to be thought of as nerdy might avoid extracurricular academic activities or worse, won't try her best at school, which yeah. really sucks, especially if you're enjoying something. Yes. Right. So like we have a trope of, I think I had a couple of people drop out of drama because they felt it was too nerdy. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I, I've i told this story before on the podcast, I think, but I dropped out of calculus, which was my favorite class, because right. 
I was told, girls don't do that. Girls don't do that because it will threaten, essentially it will threaten men and they won't want to date you. Right. If you're smarter than them, why would they want to be with you? So I took math money management instead and I learned how to do my taxes, which I guess is a thing we should be yes. teaching people. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I, and I went back and took calculus when I went to college, so... There. Whatever. Um, and yeah, I, I was thinking about this, um, and I wanted to ask you, Samantha, why do you think we're so quick to label women? I mean, I think it's just that same idea at the very beginning. We need to know where everybody stands. Mm-hmm. And a part of understanding where everybody stands is by labeling them and having them in a category. It's mm-hmm. easy if we can put them in a category, mm-hmm. and therefore we think we got it figured out, and then we move on without understanding the underlying problems and putting people in specific categories. Right. Um, I think it has to do with maintaining the status quo because any woman who dares to stray from this very small, rigid space the patriarchy permits her to exist in, um, who, who voices a desire to change that status quo, gets some kind of ugly label slapped on her, even maybe ugly. Um, it is a way to keep women in line and shut them up, essentially, I think. And a lot of those labels that are specifically lobbed at women are used to gaslight women as well. And the just long, long list of, of sexual labels imply that women are objects in their conquest for men and that if they're doing something for their own sexual agency, something they enjoy, then that's immediately something is wrong with you. Here's a label for that. Right. Yeah. But if I get to have sex with you, <laughs> then I, as a man, bachelor, extremely successful conquest. <laughs> <laughs> that's my impression. Thank you. Thank you. That was a good one. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, We do have a little bit more for you listeners, but first we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. And we did want to touch on, before we close this episode out, um, labels around sexual orientation and the gender binary um, as we've been having more and more conversations about gender and how restricting and even damaging the binary is, we're hearing more and more about things like gender fluidity. And and for so long, we've had these rigid boxes, I mean, a lot of cases, literal check boxes, mm-hmm. uh, for either woman or man. And, and we have found a way to classify pretty much everything in one of those boxes. And we're slowly dismantling some of this narrow worldview and acknowledging the experiences of others. But again, yeah, we have a really, really, really long way to go. Right. Um, and I, yeah, I saw Billy D. Williams of Lando Calrissian fame just opened up about being gender fluid as we record this. Right. And fear of having our sexuality mislabeled by others limits gender expression as well. Um, and what matters here are the labels we identify with, not the label imposed on us by others. And that's something that we need to remember, that we know imposing labels can reinforce stereotypes and lead to things like bi erasure, which directly impacts mental health and program funding. And we can't ignore all of that and why that is. And it's also just remember, it's important to hear people. Yes. And I think that's something that gets let go of a lot because we're so scared or um, change is difficult or we're just freaking stubborn. Yeah, we want things to be like 
easy for ourselves. Right. And if it makes us uncomfortable, then we're going to ignore it. But that's not healthy for anyone. And definitely for anyone's relationship and that we should start listening. And everyone should start listening when they say, I am this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course you don't have to choose a label if you don't want to, and it's totally fine to take time to figure things out. And potentially, none of the existing labels we have um, even fit for you. Uh, And I I read a lot of pieces about this on a discussion on whether or not, uh, I guess some people were saying we don't need labels, and other people were saying we definitely do when it comes to this. So there's definitely some conversations happening around it, and that's good. That's right. good. Um, so it's, 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 we're moving slowly forward, hopefully. <laughs> yes. Uh, so in conclusion, <laughs> uh, naming things can be extremely useful by acknowledging things exist that previously went unnamed or unlabeled, it can make people feel less alone. Um, I've, ta- I've told my story of not even knowing that bisexuality was a thing right. and feeling so confused when I was watching the X-Files. Like, right. well, what's happening here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what am I? <laughs> but they're both so hot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the labels can help us find community. Um, I, I definitely have found, you know, my Harry Potter nerds or whatever. Yes. So they can be helpful in that way. They can allow us to have discussions about systems of oppression and how and why some labels maintain those systems. But it's always keeping in mind the who and why of labels. That is a good idea. Right. And then yeah. it changes. Things change. Yes. And you labels are not that. permanent. They, I know I, I, when I read that, uh, most people perceive labels as permanent. I was like, oh, really? And then I thought about it. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. I guess I was a nerd from a young age, and that's just how it's going to be. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. But they don't have to be permanent. And um, it's how you label yourself. That's the most important thing. You shouldn't be imposing labels on other right. people. Yes. Uh, as a whole, we're in a time of expanding our lexicon of labels, questioning them, reappropriating them, shedding them. So... You know, I guess it's an exciting time for labels. <laughs> or not labels, because apparently millennials hate them. Um, but we would love to hear your thoughts on labels, listeners. And you can email us those thoughts at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. And you can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I've never told you. Thanks as always. To our super producer, who is mysteriously gone, <laughs> Andrew Howard. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 